Journey Home a book, and, and if you don't have one, um, if you would uh, raise your hands and let's be sure to get you one now. Um, good, man. Got a couple right in the front. Other than that, a couple over here, okay. If uh, Marilyn's coming, if you'll raise your hand so Marilyn can get them to you. Some right over here, Marilyn, and then up front. Great, because we will uh, each, um, actually each Sunday, you need to bring these with you. Because each Sunday, we'll have a little exercise that we will do during the worship service. Yes, you will have pen and you will write in here um, uh, just to, for you to engage with what God might be saying to you and leading you. I know for some it might be a novel concept, um, but that will be... Uh, what we'll do every Sunday. So, but don't worry if if you forget your homework. Um, you, uh, we, there's no grades or anything like that, and we'll have what you need to participate every um, Sunday. But just so I'm warning you now, um, so that I don't shock you later when I say get this out and, and write in it um, a little bit, because we are going to journey in these next uh, six weeks, as as Beth said, with um, a number of churches throughout the Cincinnati area, exploring what God means when God has created our home and created our home in Him. That, That this is core to what we believe, that God created the world and created us to be at home in God and to be at home in God's creation. To be at ease, to be safe, to be treasured, to be real, to be our true selves with a pace and a peace and a pleasure that are good. Even very good. And even the, the existence of, our lo- of that longing that, that Beth mentioned earlier. Even the existence of that longing that we have for something that is more home to us. Is a hint of that reality. It, it's a hint that it exists. What we will do during these six weeks is get in touch with indeed our true home. What, what I want you to consider now, when we, we use that, that term home, uh, for some, as, as Beth mentioned, for some that, that brings out, and as Brian shared, a real, real positive implications in your mind, positive memories. For others, it doesn't. So it's not that it's when you're at home that, that I'm, I'm talking about right now, but what is it that you feel? How would you describe when you feel at home? For some of you, it may not have been the place that you slept at night and where you ate breakfast and, and meals, where your clothes stayed. It may have been some other place that you felt at home. So what I want you to do right now is turn to page 12 and 13. And I want you to describe, you know, where or when I feel at home. That's page 12. You got blank space there. What is it that you feel? Where would you say you were at home? What? Brian already hinted to it a little bit for him. 
But what is that like for you? And then where or when I don't feel at home? How would you describe that? And there's some examples uh, in in the the middle. Let's take a couple minutes. Just and write down where or when I feel at home. What do you feel like? Where are those places? And where or when I don't feel at home, how would you describe those? Thank you for taking a little bit of time. And, of course, you can have more um, later to continue to explore that, what home, what it means for you to feel at home and and when you don't. I uh, just was thinking, you know, we could have had Jeopardy music around that time. Maybe that would have added to the moment. The very beginning of the Scriptures tells the story of home. Uh, the very beginning, Genesis 1 and 2, you know, they tell the story of home, life in the garden with God. And the, the very end of, of chapter 2, we're, we're told after God has created the, the, the sky, He's created the, the land and the sea, after God has created animals including birds and fish, as He's created humans, male and female, and it was all very good. And we're told that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. And then we pick up with chapter 3. They were at home in every way. And now their home becomes destroyed. Uh, Their their home is is lost. And uh, what I want to do to walk through Genesis 3 this morning is, is get at for us how we are like Adam and Eve. How we, like Adam and Eve, really don't believe God truly is capable and able to make 
life home and how we step in and take control. We want to make home for ourselves. And in so doing, we we miss the gift of God for the home that He's created. And, And when we step in, we take God's place, when we make home for ourselves, then we make ourselves spiritual orphans. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your word. It speaks to us of your truth. The reality of home in you and the ways that the evil one, the world around us and the sin within us would destroy that home. Would lead us away from you. Speak to us in in deep ways, in significant ways. Reveal to us the ways that we feel like we have to make our own homes instead of receiving the home you have for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, it's Genesis chapter 3. Uh, page two of your pew Bible, or you can follow along on on the screen. And we're we're just we've just had creation of everything. It, it is all very good. Um, and uh, uh, Adam and Eve in right relationship with one another, in right relationship with creation, in right relationship with their Creator. Chapter three, starting with verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The results and consequences then of Adam and Eve's disobedience are are made clear in the rest of the, the passage. 
What was created as real and true home is now destroyed. Adam and Eve have made themselves spiritual orphans. Their core temptation, my core temptation, and yours, demonstrated by Adam and Eve, is that that I have to make my home. I'm the one that has to create it. I'm the one that has to find it. Unless I make my home, it's not truly mine. The core temptation is that God can't really do it for me. I propose to you that that is the core temptation for me and for you as it is for Adam and Eve. That leads us. It leads us to, to living and feeling like spiritual orphans. Like runaways from the true home that God has created us for. Look at verse 1 at this core temptation. The serpent begins by setting up doubts of God's goodness. Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Which, of course, is a lie. Of course, it's a question that he's asking. So not really a lie, just a question. But just sort of put that little doubt in Eve. Because what God said was, eat from all the trees that you see except this one. Then verse 2 and 3. Eve gets caught up into this trap. Even by extending God's word a little bit. God said, well, no, don't eat from this one tree. Well, then he said, yeah, well, he said we could eat from the others. We said, don't eat from this one tree and don't even touch it or you'll die. Well, he never said don't touch it, at least from what we're told. But now the serpent has taken her attention. Taken her attention and placed it on what she doesn't have. The one tree versus all the others that are at her disposal, that are given to her in her home. God has moved in in Eve's mind from the creator, from the provider, now to the oppressor. To the one who withholds the one tree out of the many. And then in verse 4, the hook is then set. By the temptation to be the one in authority. Getting to decide what is right and wrong. Getting to decide what is good and evil. You eat from that tree and then you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, I like that. If I can get to say what's good and evil, if I get to say what's right and wrong, and then I become a spiritual orphan where I set the rules. Y'all heard about the um, way that uh, our brothers and sisters in Elmwood Place are uh, um, putting a, a deterrent for speeding. Uh, I don't know if you doesn't look like many of you have. They have, an, they have a little camera uh, up, and, up and down um, the road through Elmwood Place where it's 25 miles an hour. And if you go over 25 miles an hour, then they'll take your picture 
and send you a ticket in the mail for $105. I have personal experience. (laughs) And uh, just this week, and I didn't like it one bit. For all kinds of reasons. I mean, really, 33 miles an hour, 34 miles an hour, how dangerous is that going to be as you're driving through there safely? I don't like somebody else being my authority. I don't like somebody else telling me that's not a safe thing to do. That's not the right thing to do. I want to make my own rules. Push comes to shove. They said it was 25. I was going faster than 25. Here's the ticket. But I don't like it one bit. Never have. I have a feeling it's the case for all of us. We don't like being told what to do. And really when push comes to shove... $105 is a small price to pay for breaking the rules, for seeking to be my own authority, and a cheap price for a good lesson. That's one of the ways that we move from our home, that we make spiritual orphans of ourselves, is becoming our own authority. And that... That desire within us to be our own authority. Another is a desire for independence. A desire to do it myself. I I want to do it myself. Again, you see the same here with with, with the temptation. Eve, you can go do it yourself. Y'all can do it yourself. Can take control. Be independent. Go pursue what you want. There is a fierce power within me for independence. It's so, so funny as a, as a parent to see that in your children. You know, after they've tied their shoe once, you know, I can do it myself, Daddy. I can do it myself. After they've learned to put on their own clothes once, I can do it myself, Daddy. I can do it myself. And 30 minutes later, still wrestling with it. Even with this, with this series, you know, there's sometimes that I, I bristle about using something that somebody else developed, even though it's excellent. You know, even though it, 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 we were able to participate with thousands and thousands of people because I want to do it myself. Personal authority, fierce independence, and Appetites that have gone wild lead me to be a spiritual orphan. I mean, verse 6. What did she see when she looked at the food, when she recognized her own independence, when she recognized her own authority, and then said, oh, look, that is good for food and a delight to the eyes. And indeed it was. It just wasn't the time for her to enjoy it, let alone there were plenty of other Trees that were good for food and delight to the eyes that were. But the appetites that go wild, that go unsatisfied, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, the difficulty of being content leads us to being spiritual 
orphans. You know, the, even the, the, the root word here in Hebrew that is good for food and is delight to the eyes is the same root word for covet that becomes the point of our tenth commandment later on in the events of God's relationship with us. When I was a child, I remember getting the Sears catalog. Those are long gone now. Maybe some of y'all remember getting you know, a big old chunk of things and it had everything that Sears was, uh, was uh, um, selling. And, and then I remember getting that and going through that and circling my birthday list and my Christmas list and my good boy list and all the rest. You know, and my parent, one time my parents decided, I'm going to add this up. And this is in the 70s. It was over $1,000. That was a lot of money in the 70s. That was a lot of money today. Yeah, but an insatiable appetite that is within us when it's run wild. Now, this, this next one may be surprising uh, to you, but I, I think it flows from this. It certainly is true within me how I miss my true home in God when I avoid conflict. But that's exactly what Adam was doing. You don't catch it as much in the English version, but the, 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 the serpent was from the south because the, the you properly translated should be y'all. When he says you, and it sound, you can sort of hear that as he's just talking to Eve, he's actually saying y'all. It's you in the plural. He, he's talking to Adam and Eve. And Adam, where is he? Steve McElmore used to joke, say, I think he's on the couch with the remote control. Now, he's avoiding the conflict of the moment. You know, it's, he, he is making a false home. He is leading, he is choosing the way of being a spiritual orphan. You know, in a place where there are no close relationships. In a place where there are facades that we'll see even more a little later on. But throughout, Adam is silent until Eve says, Here, have a bite. And he just takes a bite. I think what you see in Adam is he just didn't want, to get involved, didn't want to get involved. He didn't want to rock the boat. He was just sort of biding his time. You know, I, I got to claim that one for myself. Man, there's just so many times that I'd rather just look the other way. Oh, it'll get better. Sweep it under the rug. It'll be okay. But I do want to thank you, my brothers and sisters, for giving me plenty of opportunity to intersect into conflict between <laughs> others so that I, much as I run, I can't hide. But boy, I want to. I mean, yesterday, at a, I went early, took Nate to his football game, and I was uh, headed into the school to use the restroom because, to be honest, I didn't want to use the restroom. And it was early, and they were just starting, and it was cold yesterday morning. You know, restrooms at the stadium are cinder block, you know. And I don't know, the doors don't always work. The toilet paper's suspect. And so I'm like, you know, I'd really like to go into the room. So I go over to the room hoping, you know, that the door is unlocked. And I go and grab the door and it's locked. But then somebody with a key is coming behind me. Hey, can I go in there and uh, uh, use the bathroom? Oh, no, there's bathrooms over in the, um, in the stadium. And because of my avoiding conflict or, or also not wanting to look like an idiot. That's another one I think maybe Adam was it. And that I, I fully, you know, I'd rather lie than be wrong. Uh, I'd rather lie than look like a fool. And that really 
is a core issue. But in that moment, I just said, oh, there are bathrooms over there. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I'll go use it over there. And I looked and I thought about it a minute later. Why, why didn't I just, why wasn't I just honest with the guy? Why wasn't I at home in that moment? Because there's this desire to avoid conflict, avoid failure, avoid looking like a fool that leads us to being spiritual orphans. And if you look at the results in verse 7 and 8, the home is shattered and then they are characterized by fear and a facade. Right? They, I mean, they, they hide from God and they put on fig leaves as clothes. I mean, it's rather silly. It's almost humorous if you really think about it. Can't think of much less comfortable than a fig leaf. But in times of real pressure and sometimes even in terms of times of, of little pressure, we cover up. We, we run away. We put on the facade. Our, our, we don't feel at home to be real and honest. Places and signs of, of not being at home. Personal authority, fierce independence, avoiding conflict, lying instead of being wrong, and seeking the approval of others. You know, finding my approval in the eyes of anyone else but God and God alone. Now, what... I encourage you during the course of this week, as you uh, take your journey home, work through the exercise here, as you participate in, in small groups, and if you're not in one, get in one, uh, so that you can really share with, with one another. But to get in touch with what are the ways that you, like Adam and Eve, like me, you, you run away from home. What ways that you choose to live in the broken home of our own sin and the temptations of the evil one instead of living into the, the real home that God has created for us. What, what are those ways? As we, we move into communion now, as we gather at the family meal, I want to leave you with a few passages, words of hope. Words of hope that, that even though we choose, like Adam and Eve, to, to live in the false home of our own personal authority, of our fierce independence, of our adamant uh, appetites, the approval of others, the avoidance of conflict, even though we live in, in that false home, God's promises are greater still. He, hear these words. Hosea 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to other gods and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, 
And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I bent down to them and fed them. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. Galatians 4. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave. But a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. In John fourteen, eighteen, in the words of Jesus, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's journey home. Amen. Part of our uh, tradition and habit here, our, our, our spiritual habits, whenever we gather at communion, is to gather at, at healing stations. We have uh, elders in the church who will be at those healing stations throughout the sanctuary, ask you all to go ahead and go to those places now. And invite you, what, whatever your need might be, whatever your desire for God's healing, uh, and whether it relates to, to coming home, whether it relates to, to being in touch with the ways that we, we choose to take control and try to make our own home instead of receiving the home that God has given us. way that we might be spiritual orphans instead of receiving the home that God has for us. Or it may just simply be a physical need, an emotional need for yourself or for another. I invite you to come home to rest in your Creator, to rest in your Heavenly Father, to bring those needs and concerns unto Him so that we might pray for one another, sharing one another's burdens. Come, any and all, whatever the need might be, come home. Let's pray unto Almighty God together.